0: Welcome to Say Smut, a literary podcast for readers and non-readers. Typically, I am joined by my co-host, Hope, but today we are joined by Hope and I's friend, Liz, which you guys met this summer when we did our mid-year wrap-up, but now we're going to do our end-of-year wrap-up for 2023. Liz, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat. This is our last mini-episode for our regular listeners until february then we will we're taking a hiatus for the month of january because life is rough and uh then we'll get back into our regularly scheduled programming but uh looking back on the year i just want to first ask you how many books have you read this year um i read 68 that's that's really good that's like i don't know more than one a week
1: yeah the crocheting the crocheting oh, yeah. took up a lot of november december you can't do both so
0: you can't you cannot crochet and hold a book at the same time i have argued audiobooks but you refuse to listen and that's okay um i have read 107 books which wow is like, it's a little ridiculous yeah i got really into audiobooks this year um You and I have some of the same book interests, but we also have some that are don't overlap. So I want to go through genres really quick. I tend to read romance primarily and then fantasy and historical. I went through a historical bug this year. (laughs) Um, But what are you reading? Um, my top genres were thriller and then contemporary, if you
1: consider that a genre. That's what Storygraph gave me. And then romance.
0: I know. One of mine was contemporary, but typically that goes like hand in hand with like romance. Yeah. 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 So thriller and romance. And then my next was mystery. So again, thrillers and romance. Uh, yeah. I mean, we overlap on some, but I don't. I mean, I, I've i read thrillers that I like. I don't want to sound like I'm anti-thriller. But you definitely have critiqued the ones that I've uh, that I've chosen to it's read. It's okay.
1: It's a goal for 2020.
0: Yeah. <laughs> more
1: thrillers for Sarah. More thrillers. And in turn, I'm reading slash listening to, slash watching more historical romance.
0: That is true. We kind of got you on the, on the historical train. I like train.
1: history now. Who is she? <laughs> Who is
0: she? Um, okay, so... Uh, I'm hoping that this podcast episode will help people kind of stock their shelves and their TBRs for 2024. Um, So we're going to go through some categories. And because it's my podcast and I can do whatever I want. um, And this is all about me, as we've uh, declared in previous. (laughs) And it's now all about Liz. I have allowed for more than one book. Um, yeah. choice I definitely have I was like book that you would most let recommend in t- from 2023 but then I have like three options
1: I know so. I saw that so I said all right I can do that too yeah
0: you can do that um there are no rules so to start off would you tell me the books that you read from 2023 that you would most recommend
1: yes um okay so I categorized mine because they kind of overlap with my top books, spoiler alert. So I tried to categorize why I, I gave them. To think I put Dark Matter by Blake Crouch for Thrill, All the Little Raindrops by Mia or Maya Sheridan. It is a little, I don't know if you swear on your podcast, it's a little messed up. Um, so check
0: the trigger Do we warnings. Do you swear on our smut podcast where we talked about penises and, uh, and fucking? Yeah, I know.
1: Just wanted to make sure I could say a little fucked up. Um, for fantasy romance sassiness, Fourth Wing. I know it's a little mainstream, but I am a mainstream girly. Um, to cry, The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston, mm. and to feel nostalgia for childhood, The Wishing Game by Meg Schaefer. So that's more than you put down. Sorry, I no, just but crazy.
0: I like that you put context behind each one. Um, I'm so glad you called out The Dead Romantics. I think. I read that last year, uh, 2022, um, and it was the last book I shared with my late Mm stepmom, and we talked about, and it just, I don't know, it has a special place in my heart. Yeah,
1: and it's a good book, so it's like, that makes it...
0: It's all the feels. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, especially for you. You're like, all right,
0: if I ever want to absolutely ball, I guess I'll reread this book. Yeah, if I just want to trigger that. Um, (laughs) So my most recommended... I tried to think about things that would be like cuz there are ones that I would recommend but I'm not necessarily recommending it to everybody mm-hmm. right um so the one that I'd recommend is you again by Kate Goldbeck mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious it was witty it was it was a Harry met Sally type of concept where these people keep meeting over the course of almost 10 years and their personalities change and they kind of grow up together yeah, and like yeah. Like, at the beginning, they're kind of assholes. Yeah, I hated them. I was like, I hate this book. And then, like, you realize that's just the part of being in your early 20s. Yeah. And then, like, you you yeah. grow up a little bit and you find people who challenge you. And, and then the second one was Done and Dusted by Lila Sage. We covered this for the podcast. I loved it. I thought it was just, like, it felt like a little bit of a hug. Like, I know we talk about, um, who am I thinking? Um... This is so terrible. Emily Henry. Oh, yeah. Being like a hug. Yes. uh, For women in their late 20s. Mm -hmm. And it's not that kind of hug, but it's the the home hug. Like, this feels like home. Like, she's coming home after being away for so many years and... So that's why it felt like a hug, and like obviously there's a little bit of spice, there's some cowboy in it. I'm not a country, <laughs> I'm not a country girly, but um, it was it was very fun.
1: Okay, noted.
0: And then I am not a self help non fiction person. Yeah. No. Okay, but I love a like you said a good think piece, something that's gonna make me think. And "Wintering" by Catherine May was so good. Uh, it was recommended to me when I was going through my grief period um, by somebody in my family, and. it's all about the winters of your life and how to prepare for them and how to just like sit back and rest like but also at the surface it talks about how cultures and animals get ready for winter because at the end of the day as humans we are you know living beings that also need to hibernate in some degree so like how do you prepare for those times in your life and how do you accept that when we live in a culture that's like so like hustle culture like Uh go 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 you have to be on all the time and we can never admit our faults but it's not self-helpy it's more just like this author presents the information and is like it was interesting you know she doesn't agree with everything she experienced but she's like it was an interesting and made me think so that's what i enjoyed um what books would you not recommend that you read in 2023 and this is not to say that maybe they weren't our cup of tea it's not to, i will absolutely bash the one that i um read but <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you think
1: um mine i had two and maybe oh no i had three sorry um and one of them and some of them are it's hard when you read throughout the year cuz i do have some closer to now, you know, like November, December books. But my first one was Saint X by Alexis Shatiklen. Don't know how to say her last name, so sorry. Um, and that's kind of controversial, I feel like, because people love this book. It's there's a Netflix series or a Hulu, Hulu series. I think, yeah. Yeah, I hated it. It was so slow. She used like the largest words known to man, but like for no reason. <laughs> and I was like, Do you want me to feel stupid? And it just felt like nothing happened. So I don't know. Maybe it was too highbrow for me, but I was not a fan. I did read the whole thing, but I didn't like it. Um, My second was My Darling Girl by Jennifer McMahon. And I just told you this book yesterday. And I think I'm just not a horror type of book girl. But also it was like completely obvious what happened, like what's going to happen. And I don't ever determine what's going to happen at the end of the book. So if like I can figure this out, like anyone could. So it was just kind of... I don't know. I explained it as a fart noise. Um, And then lastly, uh, also controversial... Wreck the Halls by Tessa Bailey. Um, I just couldn't stand the plot line. I'm not kink shaming here. I just this wasn't a Christmas book like this convinced me that Die Hard is a Christmas movie if she's going to
0: categorize this as a Christmas book. So I I think it leaned it it leaned heavily on Christmas being the timeline and not the plot. Right. So they kept on being like, we want to get these women together by these these old bandmates together by Christmas Eve. And it's like, but nothing else was Christmassy nothing. about it. Not even like the extracurricular activity and, yeah. p- and scenes that they put our characters yeah. into. Um, so yeah, no, I, I get it. And
1: yeah. also I had to read it for Workbook Club. And again, the plot lines won't spoil anything, but not... Safe for work. Yeah, um, <laughs> don't recommend.
0: Especially if HR is in your book club. <laughs> she is not. <laughs> Thank God. Um, mine is Between the Vines by Grace Elena. Um, this was uh I saw a quote on out of context on TikTok and I thought That sounds great. Mm -hmm. Automatic buy. And I thought, indie self-published author? Oh, no. I will pay the $15 for the paperback. It came, it was a brick. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is massive. And the cover was so cute. It was supposed to be like a Bucky Barnes from the Marvel Universe, like, inspired male main character. It was so heinous. And I I said in my review on Goodreads, like, the the number one red flag was that our 38-year-old male main character was jealous of a freshly 18-year-old boy
1: okay. hanging
0: out with the man's 27-year-old girlfriend. Oh, he was no. Je- he was jealous of a child. And the, for more context, that 18-year-old is the employee of the 27-year-old. So they had to be around each other. Okay. I'm like, tell me why a 38-year-old is jealous of an 18-year-old. Go I to can- therapy. Yeah, literally. So... And plus it just read like a diary of a... Teenage girl. I don't know. It just was so disappointing and like the main girl was so perfect and nothing bad happened to her. And anyway, I just can't do that shit anymore. No. Um, I have other ones that I probably wouldn't recommend, but like there are a lot of times that I read things and I'm like, okay, I didn't care for this. This wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. But I can see why people like it. Yeah.
1: So I'm trying fair. not to be
0: an asshole. Oh, I was. I'll fart no, go. on any book. <laughs> go fart, off. Fart noise. Um, so book that made you cry from 2023.
1: Um, I had dead romantics. Like we prefaced. Um, I just didn't see the end coming. Cry, cry, cry.
0: And I think, did we talk about that in our other
1: episode? No, I don't think I read it yet. I read it in like October. Okay. It's
0: just so people know the dead romantics is, um, her family owns, uh, like funeral? funeral home kind of, and she's been a ghost writer for a very popular romance author. And she has this new editor who is like kind of a hardballer. And so she doesn't like him. But then she finds out that her dad passed away and her and her dad Mm -hmm. were fairly close. And so she goes back home and uh, this isn't a spoiler because it's literally on the back back cover. cover, Yeah, she can see ghosts. And all of a sudden she starts seeing her editor across the country in her hometown. And she's like, wait, why do I see your ghost right now? And so. It's a romance, but it's also, like, very beautiful about grief and losing somebody who, like, is just so pure in your life. And so, anyway, yeah, I won't talk about it too much more.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was like a fool. I was like, all right, I can cry. Um, I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy, the single audiobook and nonfiction book I read this year. Um, And that goes without saying of why, you know, because it's a memoir about her. And her issues with her mom and growing up. So, obviously, that can make anyone cry. And then, lastly, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin um, was just very emotional, just the way it was written. So,
0: um, I love a good cry. I do. I do love a good cry. I kind of went... I realized when I was looking back on my stuff, there was nothing that made me full-blown cry. Uh, there were things that I got done with that made me emotional.
1: Yeah. But yeah.
0: I... I strayed so far away from crying books this year because I think I just went into the year only reading historical romance because I couldn't handle anything serious after I lost somebody. And so um, Clytemestra by Costanza Cassati um, was so good. I love Greek mythology. It's my little weak spot. And this is like feminine rage personified. And she, please check trigger warnings because there's a lot of fucked up shit. (laughs) Um, But she goes through so much and it is so much about women being used by men, even though men that are closest to them, like her father and her husband. And it's just like literally we have to harden ourselves so mm-hmm. many times to just deal with the day-to-day bullshit that women go through mm-hmm. and i think i just like i cried because there's a really like really fucked up part but there's also like it's just so infuriating
1: yeah um
0: and then the other two are both by emily henry because emily had me in my feels this year yeah. um happy place which i got in my feels because i think she, I have said this before. I'll say it till the ends of the earth until she proves me otherwise. But she does secondary relationships so well. Yes. So like not only was Happy Place about growing up with the person you love mm-hmm. romantically over the course of nine years being engaged to him, but also her college friends Yeah. that she was like, how do we connect when our lives are so different now? Yeah, yeah.
1: The like adult friendships was very interesting especially being like 25 and being like do I still relate to people from high school that I'm friends with like what do we talk about now yeah it's all just
0: walking down memory lane yeah yeah, yeah. and then the other one was Beach Read which I'll say is her most emotional book um just because she lo- like the main character loses her father and she finds out after she loses her father that he had an affair and so it's like it's realizing your parents aren't perfect. You aren't perfect. Yeah. Like, and I'm not condoning adultery, but, like, it's realizing that there are very human emotions in the people that we idolize the yeah, most right. and the people we love the most. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think those were just two that had me, like, absolutely.
1: Yeah. She just does such a good job of, like, connecting with you and
0: I don't know. Just sparking emotion. Mm -hmm. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, what books made you laugh this year?
1: Um, I put Fourth Wing Made Me Laugh, as expected. Um, Both Casey McQuiston books, they are really good at just humor. And uh, I just love them. They had Red, White, and Royal Blue and One Last Stop. I read both this year. And then um the vine off the vine series by tessa bailey the unfortunately yours and secretly yours not wreck the halls i'm sure i did laugh and wreck the halls but
0: yeah i (laughs) i always love a good tessa bailey but i surprisingly didn't pick her and i did i did read fourth wing i want to disclose i read fourth wing and iron flame loved them both but i like personally i'm trying to like take the super popular shit and put it on the shelf because I know they get so much publicity. I, I want to try and feature other stuff, but it's hard. I just talked about freaking Emily Henry and I mean like. I know. I feel like most of the books I read this year were like on the Goodreads top read books. I'm like, okay, yeah. I am well, basic to my core. Basic. There's a reason why people like it and it's okay for us to all like things together. Yeah. Um, so my ones that made me laugh was You Again by Kate Goldbeck. Yeah. She's so witty. She's She's got the wit that, like, I want from Tessa Bailey, but, like, the serious mm-hmm. tones from uh, Emily Henry. Yeah, that's fair. So I feel like it's a good combo. Also, I think people underestimate how hilarious historical romances are because they are so ridiculous. So we did The Lady Most Willing by Julia Quinn, o- o- Louisa James, Connie Brockway for the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you read it, it was absolutely bonkers hilarious. Like, because it's kind of... It's got a little bit of that slapstick humor almost to it, but it's, like, the cunning, like, women are just smarter than men. Yeah. And, like, they're making these little, like... Because everything is about language and historical romances. Yeah. They're not doing, like, these grand things all the time. Yeah. It's so focused on dialogue that it has to be entertaining to get through it. So there's so many great um, historical romances with humor in it, but... Those just made me laugh out loud. Shocking, shocking!
1: I feel like I yeah I haven't read a uh, historical romance yet. So I'll are, are we to... going to
0: do well? You have the Bridget. You have beautiful Bridgerton yeah. books. So twenty
1: twenty four. It's coming. It's coming to prepare for the new season. Um, a side note.
0: I have this mentality of like I think we all do of like what types of genres I read most in what seasons, and I am fully. Uh, Historical romance can be any time of year, but specifically the spring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll read them in the spring.
0: Yeah. So there that, that's your timeline. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So books with the best smut of 2023. Um, you go first. Okay. Well, I didn't include any of the books from the podcast because Hope and I just recapped our year. and yeah. I you can watch, listen to that, watch or listen to that in the last mini-sode. Um, but If you want, like, realistic sexual scenes, Business or Pleasure by Rachel Lynn Solomon was so real. And I've read now two or three of her books, two books by her now this year. Both of them had the most realistic sex scenes that were still hot, like, but...
1: Not like Not coming like, at the same
0: time, <laughs> yeah. And so, this one is about a guy she has a one night stand with. She's a ghostwriter for celebrity memoirs and stuff. Okay. And, um, she has a one night stand with him, and it's she connects with him on every level, and then they have sex, and it's the worst sex of her life.
1: Oh, like, yeah, you
0: never read those, no. And then, like, she goes to a meeting with a client the next day, and sure enough, he's this washed up, uh, teen actor. And it's the guy she hooked up with. And so she follows him to all these comic cons to write the book about him. And he then asks her, like, what happened? Like, why did you leave the next morning? And she was like, um, it just like didn't go really well. And he was like, oh, my gosh. So then he calls up all of his ex-girlfriends and is like, how bad have I been? And they're all like, yeah, you were pretty bad. So he was like, okay, I need you to teach me how to listen to a woman's body And so the scenes are like the sexual tension was insane. Like watching a not toxic man, like not saying his ego wasn't bruised because it definitely was. But like watching a not toxic man, like, you know, listen to what a woman wants. um, Talk about like, you know, things can feel good and you can still have a good time even if she doesn't get there. And maybe she's never going to get there that night. And that's okay to just like listen to your part. It was just so realistic. Anyway. Then, obviously, my girl Tessa Bailey with Secretly Yours and Unfortunately Yours, A Vine Mess. I I had so many good kind of smutty books this year, but, like, those were just, like, my cup of tea. I did read some, like, darker romances. I try not to feature those because I know those aren't all everybody's uh, uh, interests. Um, but those are kind of the smutty ones that I would highly recommend.
1: Yeah, I had you go first because um, the Tessa Bailey series was my... Uh, recommended for smut as well i didn't read that many SMUT books this year so it's was like that was Ooh. my top one yeah
0: all right on the list for next year yeah more smut what is a book you cannot stop thinking about from 2023
1: um i had three one was dark matter which is like on every category of mine but it's a dystopian no it's not dystopian it's more time travel sci-fi bookie book bookie Um I read it in February so it's been forever but like I still think about it and that says a lot because normally I read a book and I can't tell you what it's about. um so I think I described it on Goodreads as like it's giving Mr. Macy's like if you ever watched um Rick and Morty, which is so embarrassing but anyway, Dark Matter for some sci-fi, all the little raindrops by Mia Sheridan, like I said earlier, again, check trigger warnings. But basically, these two people get kidnapped um, and they know each other and they have like a something that connects them, but they don't like each other. But they're both in like cages and they're trying to escape. And I don't want to give too much away, but it was so good. Um, It is a little fucked up, though. So just, you know, check it out. And then The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. Ehrlich, Ehrlich. Um, Some people didn't like it because it is (laughs) COVID-related. Yeah, no, I literally have Sarah's copy. Um, I really liked it as a thought-provoking, but I know it's hard when COVID, we've been so involved with it that we don't want to think about it that way. Um, But basically, everyone in the world gets a box with a piece of string in it one day on their doorstep, and it uh, conflates to how long you have left in your life. Um, and then people kind of spiral out of control, similar to what the covid issues of, you know, um, short stringers versus long stringers. So kind of relating to anti-vaxxers and back and people who get vaccines. And it was just really interesting to me. And there's a bunch of like different point of views and like five a lot s- of
0: vignettes. Yeah. Too, I but think. they
1: all kind of connect. It's so good. So,
0: yeah. But there's a lot of political elements because I think what it comes down to is that somebody with a short string is campaigning against somebody who has a long string. And that's like also a whole plot point.
1: Yeah, part of it. And like
0: sometimes then people
1: think short stringers don't deserve to have, you know, rights. Or they think that then they're going to go try and commit mass murder. or blah, wow. All of these things. It's insane. I don't know. Aggressive. So I like thinking about it as in like, what would you do in that situation
0: type mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah, I had it for a book club, and I didn't finish it because I was going through a lot last winter. But yeah, um, it's it. Yeah, it's a think piece. Yeah, it yeah. yeah. Um, what, were those your? Yep, that's that's all my things. Okay, so now we're gonna go down our top. Wait, you five. didn't do yours. Wait, what did I? Oh, I did not do mine. Sorry, <laughs> I'm moving too fast. Uh, so, uh, Wintering by Catherine May, yeah. the Wintering book. Yeah, and then. The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Uh, it is a beast of a thing. The um, print is awful. I did just buy it on my Kindle. Yes. I listened to the audiobook and it is long. Uh, it is... It's, it's not going to be like the most super fast paced, but it's intriguing. Like, it's written so well. You're not supposed to really love anybody. Um, the personalities are incredible, but it's a question of like at the beginning, the main character tells us that he's really good at lying and oh, no. <laughs> like, he's kind of, he kind of does the thing where he kind of trips and falls and tells a little white lie and then gets him into a weird situation. Yeah. And so then you just, he just kind of is a go with the flow. Okay. I guess I'm going this way now, you know, cause I made this little lie and it's about, it's about elitism and wealth and how we, it's all about perception, how we view other people because, as we see through the main character's eyes, you know he views these people in this. It's an academic setting, and and he's does not come from wealth. And this group he gets involved in all are fairly wealthy or has connection to wealth. And
1: are you just describing Saltburn?
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> yes, it is Saltburn all the way through. Um, no, uh, so but then the actions that happen, it is so open to interpretation of like what really happened yeah and who actually cared about who and you know what was said between those characters we don't know like what kind of relationship did they have therefore how did that impact the events that happened and so i think what was so interesting is i went down a rabbit hole on reddit of people just being like okay this one line from chapter 20 something or like you know this just reveals everything. And I was like, I didn't even read it that way. I just skimmed. But what can I say? No. So it just is so intriguing. And I feel like there's so much that I just sat on and I wanted to talk about it with everybody. Yeah.
1: I think it's going to be next for me, especially since I bought the Kindle version and I can change the font.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's so true. Um, Okay. Let's go down our top five. Um, Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, No. Okay, well, I do because it is my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I had Forget Me Not by Julie Soto. This is uh, a guy who inherited a grumpy guy who inherited his dad's flower shop, and a woman who's a wedding planner and doesn't believe in happily ever afters because her mom got married so many times and like she just kind of used it as a big party. Yeah. And so yeah, um, they keep having to work together and obviously obsessed with each other, um, but. It's got a lot of depth to it, too, with her emotions around commitment. Okay. And so that was really good. Uh, And then Done and Dusted, obviously. Uh, Love Theoretically by Allie Hazelwood. I thought this was the strongest Allie Hazelwood book yet. I think it actually had a lot of depth to it. It was still funny and, like, witty and whatnot. And it had great sexual scenes. but. It, it had more depth than the uh, the love hypothesis.
1: Okay, okay,
0: okay. So at number five, I have Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. I was giggling, kicking my uh-huh. feet. I was having a blast. I got uh, I I probably teared up at the yeah, the end of that I one. Quite a
1: few. My only issue with it was that I just don't care that much about history. I know I just said I love history earlier, <laughs> You're but all of there. the um when they include notes, the two main characters write letters to each other and they include little blurbs from old kings and other um, LGBTQ people throughout history of, like, confessing their love. I just didn't know who any of those people were. so uh, I was like, It eh. wasn't main plot, though. No, it wasn't. It was just, like, a little... That's what stands out to me for some reason when I remember it. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But I loved the book. I still gave yeah. it five stars. It's just... Goddamn history. Goddamn history. I don't
0: care about history. Uh, no, but both of her books are really strong. One Last Stop, too, is, is a really yeah. good strong Yeah,
1: you, And you haven't read their last, um, their YA novel. Casey wrote I Kissed Shara Wheeler. It's oh, a yeah, YA. I didn't read
0: their, yeah, I didn't read that and book. And it's
1: great, too. It's just more YA, but yeah. Um,
0: good. What's your number five? Oh, I didn't. I didn't rank mine.
1: I just you didn't rank them. No, that's too much effort.
0: Oh, just, I did have like a little bit of a brain. Melt yeah, I can't. To,
1: I can't. So okay, you do so all what? Yours. Okay,
0: so four was the prison healer series by Lynette Noni. This was so fun. Think like, um, she is the prison healer, obviously, um, <laughs> for a high like maximum security prison, okay. and um. It was just so fucking crazy. It was like it's everything I want from a YA fantasy. It had great romance. It had great magic. It had great like danger and like
1: that sounds good. Oh yeah, the How whole many series books was great. It?
0: It's three and okay. it's completed. So oh, love that. We love that. Number three is Clytemnestra. Mes- Um, as I mentioned earlier then two is The Secret History by Donna Tartt.
1: Wow. And then
0: one is You Again by Quake Goldbeck. Wow. Yeah. It
1: was good. I think just I started on a wrong foot when I was like I fucking hate these characters. Like yeah I texted like 20 pages in and was like I'm gonna DNF this but I'm glad I stuck it out. It was very good.
0: I think it's just like a wide like I feel like I could read that anytime and have a good time and then I could recommend it to so many people too. I did
1: give it to my mom even though there are a few sex scenes I'm like and she said she just skips those anyway and I said good 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 excellent (laughs) um in no order I have fourth wing by everyone knows who it's by I don't remember thank you I don't need to say their name um dark matter by Blake Crouch all the little raindrops by Mia Sheridan the dead romantics by some Ashley Poston, I think. Yeah, thank you. I didn't write them down next to them. Because I've talked about literally all of these. And One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston.
0: No order though. I that's brave. Um <laughs> You are a brave soul. And I had uh, such a variety. Yeah, you really did. That's like running the gamut. Um so then I asked uh what our most anticipated releases are for 2024. Um, why don't you go ahead? Okay, I have a few.
1: Um, because I have a lot of, uh, immediate buy authors that are coming out with stuff, obviously, as they should, because Mm -hmm. I need more books. Um, Only If You're Lucky by Stacey Willingham. I did read it as an ARC. Look at me, lucky girl, um, back in October, but I did want to shout it out because I gave it five stars. It wasn't quite in my top because I kind of don't remember what it's about as much and that's, you know, that's important, but that comes out January 16th. Um. Also, January sixteenth, The Fury by Alex McLeodis. Yep. I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry, sir. Um. He wrote, The Silent Patient. Yeah. Um. And the maidens. Yeah, the maidens was ass, but the Silent Patient it wasn't ass. It was just okay. Um, the Silent Patient I read in a night and couldn't stop thinking about it. So I do also have that as an arc. I love being so important. Um, just kidding. <laughs> February sixth, uh, fangirl down by Tessa Bailey comes out. I hope she redeems herself for that god awful wreck the halls book. Um, but it is going to be about you know, a f- well, fangirl of a hockey player. Or no, a no, football? no. So
0: this was so funny. She does this. She has this habit on TikTok where she'll like stitch videos that have romantic elements to it of like two people doing anything. Anyway. And then she'll, like, say what she would write a book around. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things was during, I don't know if it was during a face or a live stream or what, but she was like, I have this idea that, you know, this woman is a fangirl for this golfer and, like, shows up all the time and he finds her so annoying. And then, like, one day she doesn't show up and he's like, whoa, wait, wait. Where'd she go? And then he like goes on the hunt for her. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's what the book ended up being yeah. about completely, but it was hilarious when she was like flushing it out through a TikTok and video. And she was
1: like, you know what? I'm going to write this. And now it is going to turn into a series. I think there's I, like... I think there's
0: two in the yeah. series.
1: I do love when she does like a two book series. Um, so that one is February 6th. Uh, here We Go Again by Alison Cochran. Uh, April 2nd. Don't know what it's about. She's just a must buy author... I honestly can't remember her other books either. She's just a rom-com. Oh, she wrote uh, Kiss Me. Kiss Her Once for Me. Kiss Her Once for Me. She writes a lot of LGBTQ stuff Um, and does a really good job, kind of similar to Casey McQuiston. Uh, Daydream by Hannah Grace comes out June 4th. Mm, yeah. And that's the third one. Yes. In the... In the- icebreaker wildfire series and i think it's finally going to be our boy i don't remember his name but henry henry that we all wanted and then lastly the pairing by casey McQuiston. again have no idea what it's about i just am ready to read more of their books
0: Um, yeah, so I have a couple of options, a couple, just (laughs) a few. So The Atlas Complex by Olivia Blake um, comes out January 9th. It's the third book in a series. It's the Atlas Six series. It's the final book. It's the final book. So I can finally read the other ones. Yeah, so if you you are like Liz and I and you like waiting until all the books are released so you can just binge them, that's the best. Um, There's also... um, Swift and Saddled by Lila Sage, um, which is the second in the Done and Dusted series. Is it like a friend? It's the brother. So, like, it's this family. So, it's going to be the sister and then the two brothers will have their own books. Um, And I am so excited. That one got pushed back. It was originally supposed to come out last fall, fall, but she got a traditional publishing deal. And then they had to, like, reorganize the publishing. So, that comes out March 5th. The Familiar by Lee Bardugo, who... Oh, yeah. She wrote Six of Crows, um, Shadow and Bone. This is what she says is... Because she did write an adult series. um, I'm thinking of Hellbent, but what's the first book in the series? Ninth House?
1: Ninth House. I did read, like, 20 pages of it. I liked it. I just haven't finished it. (laughs) Yeah, we just
0: need to get on that track. But this is going to be her most romantic book yet and she's very good at writing like tension and building like relationships between people that's like i think her strong suit that comes out april 9th um a funny sorry funny story by emily henry on april 23rd um and i have a couple of others that um i'll just quickly shout out a fragile enchantment by allison saft uh january 30th it's a girl who can weave magic into clothing that she makes and she gets hired for a royal wedding and Ooh. obviously falls in love with obviously the prince. yeah he's a grumpy grump so i mean it's like more gothic than i'm making it sound but it's very fun um bride by ali hazelwood Allie oh, Hazelwood's yeah. coming out with her first paranormal romance I, i'm like okay i like the stem stuff that she does but i'm also like Let's get out this. of academia. Yeah. yeah. So that's February 6th. Um and Education in Malice by S.T. Gibson is February 15th. It's a gothic, LGBTQ, maybe polyamorous uh sorry, my cat is doing <laughs> w- WWE on the couch right now. Um so anyway, that'll be kind of fun gothic one. Uh but yeah, there's there's a lot of great shit coming out this year. Yeah. I'm very excited. Um That is our full ranking. I hope we gave you so many options this episode to to jot down to read next year. We have so much to read. I know. Right now.
1: Book buying ban for January.
0: We say that.
1: Yeah, we do. We'll see
0: if we follow through. But uh, any final thoughts? No. No, I'm excited for 2024. Yeah, me too. And uh, we will see you all in February. But until then, stay smutty. Bye. Bye.